You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. Have you ever thought this hygiene crisis is tough? There's some weird stuff going on. How do I attract, keep, and motivate the right hygienist for my practice? Well, today I bring on Dr. Sam Lau, and we address a lot of these questions with some great philosophy and great insight from one of the greats in perio and hygiene. So make sure you listen up. I know you guys will enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. Do you want to practice? Are you thinking, what do I do about this hygiene crisis thing? Wow, it's really perplexing and it's getting more perplexing. And so today I brought on one of my friends, Dr. Sam Lau, who you guys are going to love. He's brilliant. And we're going to be talking about a solution to this thing called the hygiene crisis. Sam, thanks for being on, buddy. I appreciate you. Well, thank you, Kirk. Thank you for having me back. Appreciate it to share some uh, thoughts. Naturally, advice is cheap. We have a lot of it, <laughs> but uh, there are, uh, I think we're talking to dentists out there that are in some shoes that are a little uncomfortable right now. That is the sequela of some of the results of COVID. And it's this thing, and I just saw a survey, uh, another survey that said to dentists, what's your number one issue right now? And it was my team, either keeping my team or um, being able to hire someone who's left. And as I mentioned to you prior, I know that dentists have always appreciated a hygienist. Right. Um, but I'm sure they never appreciated them till they didn't have one and they can't find one. And yet they're booked out for three months and Jane or Bob comes in and says, I'm either leaving, I'm retiring, I'm going to another position. And you and I have always been in the spirit of transparency. The dental hygiene community right now they're wonderful folks, but they are in the driver's seat. You know, there, there's always the drop E and the dropper in any relationship. You kind of want to be the dropper. Mm -hmm. You don't like to be the drop E, yeah. but they're in the driver's seat. And if you look at salaries, those salaries are escalating because, you know, as I always say, you don't have to go to Wharton. It's, it's supply and demand. And so therefore, um, I think where I want to pursue a conversation with you is how to keep a hygienist and how to attract a very good hygienist. Ooh. Naturally, keeping a hygienist, I mean, you're in the practice management business. You and I both know turnover is devastating. Right. I mean, you and I, when we go 
when we go to any kind of service, we like to see the same people. You know, we don't like different. You know, we don't like somebody different. You know, a restaurant. We don't. We 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 like like likes like. And so our patients who are used to uh, Sally being their hygienist for twenty years, and now Sally's gone. Yeah. And now Martha's there. Who's Martha? I don't know. Martha's going to be in my mouth. Is she the same as Sally? And then they say, well, maybe I don't want to go back there. Especially if you have what? Constant turnover. Yeah. How many times have you heard patients say, I don't know what's going over there, but every time I go over there, there's somebody different. Right. Now, here's here's a couple of questions. I want to, we're going to go down this path. How do you attract and keep? But, you know, you've been doing this a long time. So have I. It's as weird as it's ever been. Don't you think? Uh, dentistry, like medicine, 10 years ago, is becoming more and more of a commodity and more of change quicker than we've ever expected. In other words, there used to be a time, they tell me, 40, 50 years ago, dentistry was, there was a dentist in a little office with two people and a dentalist, two dental assistants and hygienist and a little parking lot and things stayed the same. And, you know, Kirk, I think what's happened also, I don't want to get too distracted, but I'll tell you about dentists. If I look back in historical terms, the last time there was a really a concern about dentists was World War II. Now let's move forward. Did any dentist listening to us ever predict that we could shut down dental practices in three months in their wildest imagination? Right. And so the offshoot of that is that it's already got dentists sort of thinking, well, when's the next one? You know, when's the next one? And then the, the morph into that is that dental hygienists, whether it be for a fear of infection, say, I, I, I'm old enough to have gone through the HIV situation. And I can tell you, during that time, in that 9091 time, a lot of hygienists left for fear of infection. So for whatever reason, maybe they stayed home with their children and said, you know, this is not such a bad idea. Maybe I just should stay home. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about solutions. And I know, Sam, you have a total perio solution. Um, but we're going to first let's start. If you're panicking right now by listening, don't worry. We'll help you out of this with some clear thought processes. One of the things that you said, you know, is how do we attract the right type? Let's go there. And then I also want you to talk about the anatomy of a, a great hygiene department. You don't just create this overnight. So let's where do you want to start first? The anatomy of a great hygiene department or? Sure, let's do that. Okay. Let's do the anatomy of a great hygiene department. The most frequent perfunctory appointment in a dental office is a dental hygiene prophylaxis. Okay. Nothing else repeats itself like that. It's predictable. Right. You kind of know what's going to happen. Okay. So if that's the situation, to me, it would be like a process. First of all, how much time do you want for each one of those perfunctory appointments to occur? Now, here's going to be your problem. There is no way with third-party reimbursement that you can pay for a dental hygienist and the operatory with what you're going to get off of a prophylaxis in one hour. We've worked the numbers. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you're not careful, it'll be kind of like Medicaid. You're going to be paying them. So the answer is either go faster, shorter, or you get paid more. You got it. Well, you can't get paid more unless you get out of the third party business. Right. And you and I both know about 85% of dentists are taking some kind of PPO. So I kind of don't want to go there. For sure. I mean, I would like to because, you know, <laughs> fee for service. 
but that would not be appropriate because you wanted a solution. Right. And a solution is not for me to say, hey, you know something? You just need to get out of third party and do and go to fee for service. That wouldn't work. So then you said about speed, right? So here's going to be one of the solutions, but it's not a good solution. You have to be careful on the solution. We can no longer do 60 minute prophylaxis appointments when you have third party reimbursement. You know, Kirk, I, I know you're in the practice management. Would you agree that we may not be able to continue to do that? Boy, you're going to you're going to really push on some you know moral and ethical buttons I, I have, which is. You know, I'm, first all, first but all, I got a solution. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, first of all, and you, you know, you're talking to a periodontist for sure, uh, and not just any pair. I mean, you're the one. Well, that but got but me the point is, is that uh, where you're going with this this ethical quality of care thing, I'm right there with you. Mm -hmm. It's about time, right? So now I'm going to get into part of the total period of solution. Dental hygienists in, in spend 50% of their time scraping on teeth. 50% of their time at that one hour, scraping on teeth with antiquated scalers and curettes that they will not let go of because that's the way they were taught. And they were taught that if I ever give them up, I will die. Mm -hmm. And yet power driven instrumentation has been around since 1956. And now we have the science to demonstrate that we can do the same prophylaxis 50% faster with technology. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to add the next one. And that is this thing called airflow, air medicament, erythritol, not, not a profijet, but these high tech air medicinal delivery systems where you can do a prophylaxis on a normal patient with a little bit of calculus in seven to 10 minutes with the sciences there. So you and I, I'm not about at this point to tell a dental hygienist, hey, by the way, we're going from 60 minutes to 50 minutes, even though I know you're in the driver's seat and you're gonna go bolt to somebody else's practice. Mm -hmm. But if I give them something ergonomically to where they can do these procedures with less chair time and spend more time doing what? Head and neck exam, blood pressure, right. talking to the patients, having relationships with the patients and selling my dentistry. I've looked at this every possible way. And the only way we can pull this off is to decrease the chair time of the mechanical debridement that has no scientific base at this point. I hope that makes sense. It does make sense. And I mean, when we're looking at nuts and bolts, obviously, you know, we're, we're open to everything and you're thinking about all the different dials here. It ultimately comes back to the role of what's the value of a hygienist in your practice. And that's a great philosophical discussion. And, you know, what's your whole treatment philosophy around what happens in that chair? Because you've seen it too. I mean, some of my favorite practices we've ever coached, those hygienists were the lowest producing hygienists of all time mm -hmm. because they were never in a hurry. It was never about money and restoratively, these patients got crazy healthy. Now that's a whole nother conversation in itself. So I don't know, like I, 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 think, I think it's important if you're a dentist listening, you gotta play with all these, you gotta play with the philosophy piece, you gotta play with the relationship piece, you gotta play with the, the, the uh, I don't know, the commotion piece. I'm one of those people that likes a quiet, intimate environment. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think I think you're exactly right mechanically and part of the the actual technical piece of the process. It's always worth improvement. But, you know, the question becomes, what's the role of a hygienist in a practice? 
Maybe we should start there too. You tell me. Well, I, I will tell you what I think the role is if I had my way. Yeah. And we can forget about the politics. <laughs> you know, I am a past president of AAP, past president of Florida Dental Association. But here's where I see the role of the dental hygienist being. The next physician's assistant nurse practitioner. Tell me That's that. where I see it. And those practices that you're talking about, where there is the calm and the hygienist has the opportunity and the time that's what they already are. Those are those kinds of hygienists. Right. They're doing the head and neck examinations. They're doing the blood pressures. They're doing the medical history. You, you know, we can't talk about the oral systemic link if you don't have time to go through the medical history. <laughs> right. So I am talking to practices that are actually saying this to me. They're moving towards a hygiene centric practice. Isn't that interesting? Interesting. Now, I'm not sure I want to go so far over because in my mind, a dental practice is comprehensive care. But isn't that interesting that they're moving towards something called a hygiene-centric practice? And there are some philosophies out there that a little bit of the core of a dental practice is that dental hygiene segment. Why? Because first of all, they see the patient more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Actually, they see a patient more than anybody in healthcare. So with that, let's take an opportunity because if we continue to utilize hygienists like we are, I think the numbers are going to continue to decrease. I would agree. I think it's time, you know, you and I are subject to incredible technology in dentistry, whether it be CAD cam, digital scanning, microscope, whatever. If you go into a hygiene operatory, shouldn't they have technology too? For sure. And you and I both also know that, yes, I'm talking about some money, but 25 to 30% of the gross out of a dental practice should come from hygiene. Yeah. So if I'm a million dollar practice and that's $250,000, I'll bet you that I could locate and allocate some dollars for a $2,000 ultrasonic. Right, right. And hygienists now, if you and I, you know, you and I talked about being a Hinman. When you see courses for hygienists, let me, you know, something's very interesting. Dental hygienists are going to courses where the topics are about them. Now, it may say about their patients, but they're going to courses that are on nutrition and yoga and exercise and stress. Isn't that interesting? Very. The millennial hygienist, especially. They're going to courses. What about me? Mm -hmm. And when I pick up RDH, because I read everything, RDH, dimensions, whatever, you know what I'm seeing? And I'm starting to see it now with us. Are you stressed? How do you feel? Are you taking time? When you talk to a baby boomer dentist and you say, are you stressed? What is that? I get up in the morning, I go to work, I do my stuff, I come home. But when you talk to a millennial dentist, they say, I need time for my family. I need time. A five day week, are you crazy? So hygienists are the same way. Right. So we were talking about solutions. So the, the, the primary point here is dentists start looking at the possibility of adding some technology into the practice to decrease their stress, assist with their ergonomics, provide them the time. I always say, what does a hygienist do at lunch? Catch up. Mm-hmm. And I've tested this in large audiences. They don't take lunch. Now, in the practice you're talking about, they do. But I'm here to say, you said one thing, though, about low producing. And I would somewhat agree. But the solution I'm talking about is high producing. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'm not saying 
produced low, yeah. No, no, I know what you're saying, but you're saying that you don't necessarily have to equate money right. with quality of care. Right. And I'm with you. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've always, and I probably have stated this before on your program, I only think there's three mission statements in that order. Quality of care, be happy doing it, and make money. Ooh, yes. And you said that the first time I met you. Now, can you explain those three? Because I love those. Go through those. And, and it's in that order. Yeah. And I always have to put, do a little small preface in that, you know, I have spent a lot of years in keep a skein of panky. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is that I don't want anyone to get the idea that we're mer- we're talking about money, 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 money. Dr. Panky always says, do what you do best and the money will come. So in that order, when I say quality of care, I don't mean some altruistic, amorphous thing. I mean that they have the right equipment to do what they need to do, that they have the right amount of time to do what they need to do. To me, it's tangible things. It's metrics. It's not like, okay, you know, kumbaya, everybody quality. No, no, no. Show me what you mean by quality. Right. Uh, Example, uh, what percent of your hygiene codes are perio codes? Right? Right. That whole formula, that perioprofi formula, which really should be around 35 to 40%, which right now by insurance state is 15%. And, you know, so so number two, be happy. What's that mean? Ergonomically, mentally, and physically. Right. When hygienists can't wait to leave the office because they're so taxed, on Sunday evening, if they don't want to go in, you might say, well, that's just them. It doesn't matter dentists out there you're not in, you're you're not in the bargaining position right now but that doesn't mean that you should be bending down to allow them to do whatever you want no there is there is positive solutions and number 3 there has to be an ROI in hygiene but here's where some people do not think about it If my hygienist is so taxed that she has no opportunity to talk about my treatment planning and who I am and what I can do, you know, the word on the street is 50% of a dentist production comes out of the hygiene operatory. That's the word on the street. Mm -hmm. But if she is so taxed and so timed out and so stressed, do you think that she's gonna have a meaningful conversation about the fact that you place implants, that about the fact that you uh, are into sleep dentistry, um, the fact that you are doing these incredible veneers. No, I'll tell you what she's thinking about, just like you and I would be thinking about. When can I get out of here? Right. And I'll tell you what they do, Kirk. Sometimes they'll deny it. They pray for a cancellation. Wait, wait, what are you saying, Sam? What are you saying? <laughs> they pray for a cancellation just Wh- to catch up. Yes. And guess what happens? What? There goes my ROI. <laughs> yeah. I actually have coaches that are former hygienists, and they admit to it. We have, we've had hygiene confessions here. That yes. in the practices that you used to work for, they would go, oh, my gosh, awesome cancellation. And they would sharpen instruments. They would get caught up. They would... You know, it was a breather. And now they realize, ooh, that wasn't good. And at the time, I thought to myself, oh, this is so good. Well, I just got an email from a hygienist. She says, and this is in a large group practice scenario. She says, every time I turn around, they're asking me to add something, to add something. You know, when we say for our hygienists to do some digital scanning, well, you got to subtract something to allow them to do that. Right. And believe me, I would much rather them do a head and neck examination and do a blood pressure than I would on a digital scanning. But that's what's happening. They, they, they will tell me, oh, well, you have hygiene coaches, you know them. They'll, they're being compressed. They're being compressed at a time where we can't let them go. Right. So you see where I'm, where I'm aiming at almost like a perfect storm? Yeah, we've got to pay attention to this. And and I was reading this article that was saying how to keep your team. 
And one of the things was 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 to take them bowling once a month, uh, to have a party once a year. And I must tell you, I said to myself, are you kidding me? No, what they want is every day, hour by hour, I want to be there. It's a great place to work. And going, giving those kinds of things, perks, you know, that's not what they want. In fact, a survey was just done. They truly do think about money as they should. They have, many of these people are single parents. They should, but you know what was down number two? What? You know, positive workplace environment. Right. We. I totally agree with you. And I think at the end of the day, I got to like who I am as a result of working here. I got to, I got to go in and feel good. And I'll go even a step further because I'm going to piggyback on what you said. When you get all the conditions right, people work extra. Now they're not, they, they might not charge you extra. We we don't even, we didn't get into salary or hourly right now, but I have learned that when you get the right people with core values, they get the right environment, the right behavior. People like who they are. They work almost too much. Sometimes you'll say to them, no, 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 no need to follow up on a Saturday morning with this. You guys enjoy your family type of a thing. They can actually take 80 hours. Not that you would ever work 80 hours, but they can make them feel like 40 because they are in on it. Now the question becomes, how do we create a glimpse of that? And it is not a short tail. That's a long investment in doing that. So here's my real question, Sam. I'm totally picking up what you're putting down, but how the heck do I attract even a hygienist? And you have insight on even what the DSOs are doing. So give me some glimpses. What do I do, Sam? I can't get anybody to answer these ads. And what do I do? Hire an associate dentist to be a hygienist. (laughs) That's your answer. You're laughing. I am laughing because but not- I can tell you there are DSOs out there that are doing that. Right. And there are dentists in Southern California that are new graduates that are making as much money being a dental hygienist as they would be doing restorative as an associate. Okay, tell me more. Now, tell me more. I just no, I just wanted to throw that out that oh. that you know that is that the but it is difficult. There, there, there actually is not an answer when there's no pool. You know, let's, you know, we always say, right, do what you can do that you can do that you can't do, you can't do. But in the attraction part, you've got to be able to not just interview, you've already got to be able to determine what your package is going to be, what you're going to offer them. And, and thank you for bringing something up. And this is not my original thought, but it was from someone else. And I tested this because I do a lot of programs with dental hygienists. And sometimes there's only 30 or 40 in the room. If you feel that your hygienist should be making more money and the value that they can provide to you, especially if you sort of have meetings with them and see what more can happen within that time frame. Go ahead and raise them now. Do not let them talk to each other. Go out and talk to a dentist down the street and then come back and say, well, uh, she's going to offer me 10 more dollars. And then you say, oh, OK, well, then, um, OK, I'll, I'll increase you by 10 dollars, because what that says to her. Is that if she hadn't come back with a competing hourly wage, you wouldn't have raised her. So I know dentists don't, you know, because this is a good time. Listen, I understand about overhead. I know the overhead is increasing. The production to a certain degree is decreasing. I've got it. And it's a lot easier. I said advice is cheap. It's a lot easier you and I talking than you and I owning a small business. But you may find that increasing their salary exponentially will make your life so much less stressful, but also make more money if they're doing the procedures that actually make money. Now, one time you and I had this conversation, and by the way, I'm doing a webinar 
for, uh, I think it's Philip Sonica or somebody in the next two weeks. And here's what they asked me. Here's, here was very, they, they, they gave me the title to do the webinar. The title is this, how do you decrease the gap in getting a patient to accept a perio treatment plan? Mm. Which I thought was fascinating. Now I talk about that in some presentations, but how do you decrease that gap? And let's face it, if your hygienist doesn't have the time to develop the relationship with the patient, you can forget. I was working these numbers. Do you know a $60 pro fee into a hundred and into a $1,200 scaling of root planning? It's 20 times more. So if I'm a patient that really doesn't know anything and you walk in and say, hey, you know where we were doing the $60 profi, we're going to do a $1,200 deep clean. You better be really good right. <laughs> at doing thought, that. Deep clean? Well, what the heck have you been doing all these times I've been here? Right? Exactly. And that's a whole nother conversation we could have. <laughs> but the, the thing is, I absolutely believe that when... I wish, I wish we hadn't had to go there to have this conversation. In other words, the fact we have a crisis. Right. But guess what? Pain points sometimes are the best ways to create a, you know, a cross correction. Right. And there are many, many dentists out there that are doing everything perfectly. But I will tell you something. I don't care who you are out there. You are not immune from a dental hygienist walking in and leaving. No one. Um, so in my mind, I would much rather you try to retain and have positive conversations than be in the position to where you're trying out there with ads and circling the wagons. Because also hygienists know good practices or not. Right. They do. Oh, for sure. If I'm a good hygienist and I practice in a small town, I know who the best practices are to work for. And you can't BS people. You know, you've got to create all the conditions. I know who cares about their team and I know who doesn't care about their team. I know who's in it for the money and who's in it for doing the right thing. So I think at the end of the day, you know, you just got to decide what are you trying to attract and how do we go about it and do that? So Sam, I'm listening to this podcast. I'm a dentist. I'm a young one. I, I did find two great hygienists. How do I keep them? You, you pointed to keep them. So how, what would you advise me and how do I retain these great people for long, a long term? Treat them as a nurse practitioner. Empower them. Give them the opportunity and the time to be able to do what they need. Yeah. Decrease, even though... You know, there may be a little bit of pushback, decrease the amount of time they are mechanically doing things at the chair. We forget that over a career lifespan, dentistry is very taxing on the body. We ignore that. And so I'm just suggesting bring in the technology, bring in the ultrasonics, send them to continuing education courses. Let them be CE junkies. You know, give them time off to do CE. Every now and then I'll talk to a dentist and say, well, I can't, if I let them go there, I'm going to lose production. Well, you and I both know how short-sighted that would be. But give them continuing education. And I know you preach this. Friends, you got to do a huddle every morning. Yep. It, it's not, it, it, a huddle is not, not an option. It is something you have to do every single morning. So you give them technology that gives them the opportunity to have the time to be able, they're going to appreciate that you've invested in them for the most part. And you have to be a good listener. You have to be a good listener. There, it, the days of, of a profi goddess is over. If you want to create what we're discussing, and then, you know, you mentioned this, and let's go ahead and let this cat out of the bag, as you say. I believe you need commission and salary. Okay, tell me more. 
I believe, and, and I've, I've worked with enough practices, I'm going to do a very simple formula. It won't be good, won't be for best for everybody, but in my mind, this is the formula. You ready? It's going to it's going to be quick. All you right. tell me what you want your hygienist to make a day, a quota. You do know most practices don't have that, right? You got to have that, and you can tell what that is. And those are the procedures that your hygienist does. Any other procedures, they're not going to get credit for. So. Let's say it's $1,100 a day, okay? Anything they make over $1,100, they get one-third of every month. Straightforward, transparent, open. This is the way it is. If your quota is $1,500, I don't care. But please don't make your quota so high. Right. That they can never achieve it. But you kind of know what I tell a dentist. Go back with your office manager or whomever and f determine what hygienists have been making for the last six months and create that median and start out there. And then anything they make over one third of that, they get. And, and I, you know, I go back to Bless her so Sally McKenzie, who I, she threw that out 15 years ago. And you know, it makes pretty good sense. She always said, one third goes to the dentist, one third goes to the hygienist, one third goes to the practice. She's always talked about the third, the third, the third. If you are, I, I'm, I'm just very concerned that hygienists are going to want to move towards practices that have some type of commission base. Now, I'm going to reinforce something. The dentist is still the CEO. We are not subservient. We are not at the mercy. And you shouldn't be. If you feel you're in that position, then we got to have another conversation. Right. But it's team building. But, you know, I, I go to these meetings where they do team building. It goes in one ear and out the other because they don't practice it at nine o'clock when a patient is running late and you're running late. You know, I was talking, there's only two kinds of days, right? There's a cardiac day and a Nirvana day. Most cardiac days are caused by process. Mm -hmm. Most Nirvana days are caused by process. Right. Unless there's some catastrophic thing dentistry is not overly spontaneous you kind of know what's happening then i go back to the prophylaxis appointment which you know as a periodontist i hate that word prophylaxis right because we divide everything into groups of patients and to me it's gingival debridement but that's just the way i am so i hope this i hope this is providing some solutions um for that but I do believe the more we integrate the hygienist into what we do, because the traditional modality was this. They're over there in that operatory doing things. I'm not really sure what it is, but they're over there doing stuff. Good, I'm over here doing my stuff. That's, that We're not going to be able to do that anymore. Right. I got to know. And so, I, you know, you asked me about what kind of hygienist do you hire? Someone gave me the, uh, some things, and then I added to it. I like to hire hygienists that know how to sell themselves. Tell me more. I like to hire hygienists who were, have been professionally trained in sales. I was with a hygienist. She had been trained in selling shoes at Macy's but she had been through sales training. She knew how to close. She knew how to develop relationships. She knew how to be eye to eye. If on an interview, if a hygienist can't look me in the eye and be eye to eye, I can tell you, they're not gonna be hired. Right. Because I can't change that. You know, I can, I can show them how to do debridement. I can show them how to find calculus. 
I can show them how to do paradigm charting, but I can't show them how to create a personality that is a people person. So on your interview, don't just think about their skill sets. You can send them to one of our CE courses and get that. You've got to think about them. Are they a people person? Right. To have the kind of practice you're describing that you want to be in. Yeah. Whenever I'm interviewing, which they don't let me do here anymore, I'm always thinking, do you have the qualities? I cannot train. We can train you on a lot of things, but there's some things we can't train. We can improve them. We can enhance them, but we can't teach you. Well, we always say in the business, a dentist is quick to hire, slow to fire. Right. Quick to hire. Now, let's turn that around. First of all, there's not a lot of quick to hire. But guess what? You don't have to worry about slow to fire. They're gone. And this is, again, just mannerism systems to be able, because when a hygienist says, you know, he, you know, you know, Dr. Dr. Jack over there, he can't keep a hygienist. That's a kiss of death. That's it, because they may be right. Mm -hmm. He can't keep staff, you know. So, you know, with these kinds of principles, but now let, let's fast forward. Now we have, now we have technologies. I don't know, maybe we, maybe adding some AI radiographic analysis, uh, you know, and I, this is a conflict of interest, but what the heck, uh, someday I want to retire and make some money. <laughs> I, I don't offer, I never understand why a practice would not have voice actuated periodontal charting. Right. I mean, that is a slam dunk. Mm -hmm. Because that is one of the primary things that hygienists will tell you. I have to do periodontal charting by myself. I have to do periodontal charting by myself. And when I look out to find someone to help me, you know, the rats have left the ship. There's no one to help me. And then basically as a periodontist, I can tell you what happens. We'll do it next time. Yeah. We'll do it next time. You mean you want me to do an FMX? We'll do it next time. So I do believe maybe, I, and I think they're out there, but you know, again, I go back to Kirk, like, likes, like, isn't that kind of true? True. You have a hygienist personality sort of matches the dentist personality the team's personality. So I would bank on my own skill sets, but again, developing the relationship with the hygienist is going to develop the relationship with everybody. Totally agree. Your favorite people care about the same things that you care about. So my first Ask. question, if you're a dentist, is what do you care about? Make sure I can right. see that. And just don't tell me you care about it. Show me you care about it. So you mentioned the huddle. The huddle is important for patient care, but it's also important to say, I care about my team. I'm not in a rush. I don't come in here with a bunch of excuses about how crazy my life is and put gloves on and go right up to work. I'm checking in on the most important component of the business, which is these people that make it all work. How are you doing? What happened yesterday? How's your daughter? Hey, how was yesterday? Good to see you. You know, um, and I think that's if I'm a really good hygienist or an amazing hygienist, I want a business that cares about me. And I'll leave us with one last thought. Nobody ever leaves a person. I'm sorry, a practice. They leave a person. So if you ever talk to a hygienist who left, they left a person. It wasn't, right. oh, I left that building. I left that business. They're like, ah, I didn't care for a person or I didn't care for, you know, who was making all the decisions there at that business. And Sam, I know you have a great solution. You're an incredible educator. I always enjoy anything you do. And I'm going to encourage you guys as listeners, if you haven't seen Sam speak and go crazy, you got to see it. It's awesome. It's like groundbreaking. You were my first perio experience in dentistry. And I didn't even know what you were talking about half the time. I'm like, I was 24 <laughs> and I'm like, this is incredible. Uh, and I know you have your total perio solution. Can you talk about that? What is it? What are you doing? How do I find more? I want to uh, divide periodontal disease into categories and essentially have the general practice do a complete total 
management of all periodontal patients, with the exception of maybe the severe periodontal patient, which may be referred to a periodontist. In the total perio solution, it is a triad. You find it, you manage it at the chair, and you manage it with what they take home. Let me give you some examples. At the chair, voice actuated charting, accurate, digital, possibly the additional of AI with radiographic data. What you do at the chair, I mentioned, micro-thin ultrasonics, the addition of this whole air medicinal delivery systems. And I'll name one company because there's not many, EMS. Uh, this whole concept of these devices that throw out erythritol, 20 microns, that goes three to four millimeters into the sulcus to disrupt the biofilm with the average profi being, as I mentioned before, eight to 10 minutes from start to finish. Technology. And then uh, the addition of the potential for hygienists using, using lasers. There's, there's only eight states in the country that do not allow a dental hygienist to use a laser, especially in my most time-honored procedure, curatage, for the early periodontitis. And then what they take home is now we've got those things, don't we? <clears throat> Floss is going to be over. We, we have now these, these technological flossing devices like Power Floss from, from Philips and, and you know, uh, Soft Picks from... We, we have all these kinds of gadgets now. And I'm also suggesting no more manual toothbrushes in a dental office. It's, it's electric. I would say, you didn't get up this morning and make a phone call on a rotary phone. Right. I mean, these things are phenomenal. And then I will tell you the other part. I think we're, you're going to see for periodontal patients, you're going to see more and more and more emphasis on trade delivery of medicaments. I mean, think about it. And I'm not even sure what the medicaments are going to be, with the exception of hydrogen peroxide. But what better way of delivering a medicament every single day than with the, with the trade? Did you see this data? Uh, they've now created a transducer in a tray that can actually analyze the pH of saliva hmm. and record it on the app on your phone. Wow. So there's these things that are going on that are not out there, that are not scientifically valid. But to me, it's that I, and then I want general practitioners to start doing conservative periodontal surgery for moderate periodontitis patients. Kirk, this should not offend any periodontist out there. There is so much severe periodontal disease out there. If general dentists would refer those cases, the 5,000 periodontists out there would be overwhelmed. So when I say the total perio solution is doing, it's finding it, managing at the chair with technology and what they do at home and integrated into who does what. Right. Your hygienist, will do everything from gingivitis to early periodontitis. Your general dentist, if they feel comfortable, moderate periodontitis, if they don't, your periodontist doing moderate to severe periodontal disease, but containing it. You and I both know this, that there is a lot of traveling periodontists now. To ignore that would be naive. Most folks graduating from perio programs, that's what they're doing. So the bottom line is your general practitioner may have a periodontist, but he or she is in-house. That makes the total period solution even more successful. The bottom line is we don't want anyone leaving without having adequate periodontal care. And it's not going away. I just saw where um, A-Rod is now doing a whole uh, he, he, I guess he found out he had gum disease. I just saw that today also. I saw that like- Oh yeah, well that'll make, uh, you know, Aura Pharma happy for a while. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but you know, having a celebrity that has gum disease, I guess, you know, we'll move it. But uh, uh, some data, some global data just came out that we thought it was 47% 
of uh, bone loss periodontitis is now, we're now thinking it's about 62 to 64% wow. of the population has periodontitis. And then with the oral systemic link, everything else, I think we're, we're in the, you know, it's not going away. No, so. it's not. It's not. And we have an incredible opportunity to make a positive influence on these people's lives. This is the greatest profession ever. And Absolutely. So my hope is if you're listening today, you just got a glimpse of some thoughts around you know, the solution to the perio uh, hygiene crisis. So Sam, where can I go if I want to learn more about your total perio solution? Where do I go? Well, I would probably my, um, the website, which is www.drsamlau.com. And that's where we post a lot of stuff and we're starting to post more. Uh, but also, uh, folks, you know, can easily find me. I'll be more, I am, uh, I actually provide, I, I give a lot more information than I probably, you know, but so do you, that's who we are. We're, right. we're educators. You can't, but I'll be more than happy. Anyone wants to have more information, they should contact me. I'll be more than happy to, you know, through email, whatever, just tell you my thoughts. What's your email address if I'm listening? S L O W slow at dental dot ufl dot edu buddy you're the best so i'm going to put a link to all of those things in our show notes so if you're not taking notes we're taking notes for you flip up to the show notes you're going to see a link to everything that sam and i have discussed and i'm going to encourage you to check it out follow sam go see sam whenever he's speaking Check out his total perio solution. Buddy, I'm just so grateful for you. You're always a great teacher for me. You always get me thinking. Uh, thanks for being on. Well, thank you. Your questions are just right, always on target. Uh, they, they bring out the best in me. So thank you very much. <laughs> well, hey. that's what I'm here for, my friend. So, Good. Uh, Good. so we'll stick around with saying goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show. If you, you enjoyed today, please do us a favor. Hit the share button. Keep sharing this stuff with your friends and your colleagues. We love this stuff. We're going to keep bringing it and bringing it and bringing it so you can create a better practice and a better life. And so until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best Practices Show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.